hear these words with me for our worship this morning from the words of the prophet Habakkuk. The oracle that the prophet Habakkuk saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen? Or cry to you, violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, judgment comes forth perverted. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what the Lord will say to me and what the Lord will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. May God add a blessing to the reading and hearing of the word. Let us pray. O Lord, as we come to this time of hearing your preached word, we pray that you give us eyes to see anew, ears to hear fresh, a heart to be warmed, and a spirit to be transformed, so that we may not leave this place ever the same. Amen. What do you see? When you look out at the world, do you see things through a particular kind of lens, or the social, or political, or cultural? Do you see the multicultural and international color to the global hue? Do you see those who are bound and shackled by the global elite? We touched on this a little last week. Do you see the least and the vulnerable among you? Do you see yourself in the world? Now, of course, I do not just mean physical sight so as to not alienate or disregard the sight and insights of those who cannot see with their physical eyes, but seeing what can be seen through not just our eyes, but in our hearts, and in our spirits. And in our text this morning, the Lord is about to show the prophet Habakkuk something that he himself cannot see. And so for the next few moments, allow me to talk a little bit about this vision. As we enter into our text, we find ourselves among the opening lines of the prophet Habakkuk's vision. And of course, nothing flows off the tongue more smoothly than the ancient version of once upon a time. A simple one-sentence description that tells you exactly what you are about to read. 
Now, many of us agree with the prophet in verses 2 through 4 as he begins his lament. We too see all around us destruction in its many ways and violence in its many forms. We see strife and contention arise, whether in our news or our newspapers. Laws are usurped by lax enforcement and cries of justice fall upon uncaring ears and hardened hearts. And even when we think that justice is coming, justice might only be deemed partially fulfilled or even incomplete in some of our eyes. And just like in the time of Habakkuk, we who are the faithful, the called children of God, are made to look out and see the troubles of this world. We cannot escape the daily news, unfortunately, even if we don't have cable or social media or pick up the morning paper at our doorstep. We too look out and see the violence and chaos, looking up to the heavens with our cries of lament and prayers longing for divine intervention, healing, repairing, and restoration. Yet day after day, moment after heart-wrenching moment, we find ourselves still looking up in the sky and wondering, why, God, why? Why is our world, your world, like this? And the wicked, they surround the righteous and ask aloud, where is your God? I don't see him or her, depending on how you believe and conceive God. And so it is at the beginning of chapter two where the Lord responds to the prophet. We see that the Lord does not only hear the laments of the righteous, but looks with divine eyes and sees all that is taking place. Like the position of a watchman that the prophet assumes in this first verse, himself awaiting an answer to his own lament and his own insights, the divine watchman has been listening and hearing. And now it is time to speak. The moment Habakkuk has been waiting for. It is the beginning of this Lord's response to the prophet that we come across the book's most often quoted verse. Hear what the Lord has to say. Write the vision and make it plain. Explain it upon the tablets so that one may read it swiftly. For there shall be another vision for the appointed time and I shall speak of the end and it shall not fail. Though it tarry, wait for it, for it shall surely come, it shall not delay. Okay, so you may be wondering, what about this other vision that is coming, this vision that speaks of the end? The explanation about this other vision, of course, is coming. And so I encourage you to, though it tarry, Wait for it. It shall surely come in due time. This vision, of course, that is coming is the downfall of Babylon and the 
Babylonian Empire and the restoration and redemption of Israel. And the Lord, when that appropriate time has come, has already prepared for a prophet to arrive and prophesy this downfall and this restoration. But Habakkuk, right now in this moment, you have this vision to write. And the Lord is telling you, you have to make sure that it's clear so that when the message is spread amongst the people, everyone will hear and see and know what has been said without any confusion. And for us who sit here two millennia later, allow me to phrase it this way, using the words of one Marie Fortune. We may plant the seeds, water the garden, and even harvest on occasion. We may bring the yeast and the salt. We may pass along the light. We may even taste the bread and the cup on occasion. But we are contributing to a foundation for a future which we will not see. God is at work in ways we may never comprehend. And so I hear Marie in her words saying that, yes, we are writing the vision in this moment, but there is another one coming that we in our worship right now are laying the foundations for. Everything that we are doing in this very moment, a stone for the church that is to come. But at the same time, ironically, we cannot think clearly about the vision of today if our eyes are fixed on the church of tomorrow. The ending of our text this morning comes to us in verse 4 with the word of the Lord. Look. Look at the proud. Look at them. The Lord can see that their spirit is not right. There is very little, if any, kind of righteousness within them. Their vision is blurry, and they cannot even see that within themselves. Their faith is filled with cloudy skies, their windshields full of fog and mist. They may even stand and find themselves among the multitudes of the wicked, mocking the righteous and their faithful devotion by wondering where God was in the midst of the exile, in the midst of their own pain and feelings of abandonment. But the righteous, the righteous have made it through out of the cloudiness and dark skies and all of the turmoil. Although themselves strangers in a foreign land, they remained faithful to this vision that was brought forth and carried through the ages, awaiting their own redemption and their own return to the promised land. They kept the faith even when they couldn't see any vision other than exile and separation. Their righteousness, of course, will be rewarded, and the Lord will come through and reward their faith. We all know the end of the story. 
So we wonder and ask ourselves this morning, what is our vision? What things have we written down upon the tablets of our hearts? What things are engraved upon the stones of this very church building? I did not leave posted notes on our chairs today, but I invite you to think in your mind about what you think the vision of this church community is. Think about what it has been thus far, not just this past year, but each of the past 198. And think about, imagine each of us gathered here as architects of this vision. What is plain in your mind that might be cloudy or blurry in the person's mind who is sitting next to you? And what is plain in their mind that is blurry in yours? We are called to come together and make this vision plain so that those who drive past our church, those who visit our church, those who come to this church for activities of all shapes and sizes, they will know what and who we are in this very moment. And there may yet be another vision for our church as we are approaching 71 weeks before we celebrate 200 years of FBC Syracuse. I did indeed count, 200 years. We have this task before us to make the community around us near and far know who we are and our vision moving forward. And I believe that the table of grace, the table of the Lord, is a perfect place to retest our vision. Like we see one another sitting across from us in worship this morning, God sees us through the prism and the lens of the cross of Christ. It might be fair to even say that through the cross, we have a new prescription that calls us to adjust who we see in one another and how we see one another. However you choose to see the table, the table and the one who we are about to meet there sees our hearts, our spirits, and knows our visions. And it was Christ that made it plain to each of us through the bread and the wine, we are no longer seen as sojourning spirits, fully separated from the overwhelming love of God. It is in the bread where we see Christ, who walked among us and was broken for us. It is in the cup where we see Christ, whose blood poured from his human body for the redemption of the world. And so as we take our seats and prepare to gather around the table, may we continue to wrestle with this question that I posed at the beginning. What, who do you see when you look out into the world?
May we truly see one another through the bread and the cup this morning and in each of our daily walks. One another, all beloved children of God, plain and simple. Let us pray. O Lord, we give you thanks for hearing your preached word and challenging us to see one another for who we are and whose we are in you, Lord. Lord, we pray that this message warm and transform our hearts and change our spirits so that we may not leave this place ever the same. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.